This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's our pleasure right now to be joined by uh, Joe Theismann, uh, former NFL quarterback, Super Bowl champion, joins us now. Hey, Joe, Taz and the Moose with you. Thanks for giving us a couple minutes this morning. Joe, what's up? You're welcome. Morning, guys. Uh, you know, Joe, I, I, you know, we start out in Indianapolis, you know, run around the National Football League here, you know, and, and your reaction, you know, to the news. We know how physical the game is. Andrew Luck's been through a lot of injuries over his brief seven-year career. Your, you know, your reaction to Andrew Luck calling it a career? I was surprised. Uh, you know, it, obviously the timing was such that it was uh, unusual. But, you know, you never know when the mind's going to finally say, I'm done. I mean, he's been through a lot. People don't have, I think, an idea or a concept of how grueling rehabilitation is. Um, you just don't feel like you're a part of anything, although everybody wants to make you feel that way. You get up in the morning, you hurt. You go to bed at night, you hurt. Um, and for Andrew, it's been, as he mentioned, four solid years. He missed an entire year last year. I uh, wondered how much more his mind and his body could take. And, you know, I admire the fact that he made a decision of his own accord. Uh, I never had a chance to make a choice. You know, I was gone from the game, but I didn't get a chance to say I want to I finish this, so I don't want to finish it. Um, but in his case, I, I respect and admire his decision and I wish him all the luck in the world going forward. Yeah, Joe, so, and you know, it's funny, you keep mentioning about his mind, and that's something that Moose and I have been talking about yesterday. Like, you know, and, and now these injuries, and he's talked about it, Andrew Luck, how it's kind of pulled the passion out of it for for him, uh, you know, to keep grinding out as an NFL player, as a quarterback, and and all the demands on that, and just the rehab, going to treatment all the time, and and this hold and how distressed that's on his family. So, you know, and there's been a lot of people, as you know, Joe, that have had these hot takes and that have ripped him. And you know, obviously, people in the media have done that because they're just trying to get some attention. Oh, they just never lived and never, never maybe you know got out there and sweated. You never, or... you never get a chance to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Right, right. I mean, for us, for us, Sunday is what it's all about. I used to love practice too, but for for a lot of guys, man, getting dressed on Sunday, walking out into that stadium, you're a gladiator. There's pageantry to it. There's the anticipation. There's the excitement. There's the exhilaration. It's not there. It, right, you know, where's, right. where, where's the end game? It's, you, you say to yourself, where's, where's the fun, man? I did this when I was a kid, and I did it because I loved it. Right, right. You know, take the money out of it. I still believe a lot of guys would play. I mean, I go back to when I played. We didn't have this kind of money laying around. Sure, sure. They weren't giving us this kind of money. And, and these, these kids love the game as well. Hmm. And I, Andrew's one of those indications of like, hey, it's more than about money. He yeah. didn't know he was going to get the balance of about $24 million. Right, you know, Mr. Ursay did that for him. Did the right he thing. Didn't know yeah. that. He didn't know that, right. right? But so he, so you know, he was willing to walk away from it all. The frustration is is unbelievable, and that's why I, I got a little sideways when I they booed him the other night. Mm. Come on, yeah. You know, for seven years the guy's given you everything he's got, and now all of a sudden some of the fans are going to boo him because he's making a decision that's right for him, and not right for quote unquote them. It's a little absurd. Well, I said the other day, I felt like it was entitlement. Moose and I had a discussion about this the other day because I, I felt like the fans were a little too entitled, and I agree with you, Joe. So, 
Yeah, Trump- I mean, you know, they and hey, listen, they have every right to want it. I mean, they sure. they, they vent their frustration, but when when somebody makes a decision based upon their their mental and or physical health. Um, I think you have to be more understanding than that. You know, Joe, I, I, we, we, Taz and I talked about last hour, a little surprised by the criticism uh, of a former NFL quarterback, Steve Berline, um, who went on you know, social media, has been interviewed in a number of different places, including here, CBS Sports Radio as well, critical of the luck decision. Does that surprise you? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, Steve's a guy who, who was beat up. Everybody has different passions. What right do we have? as an individual, to judge someone else about anything they decide they want to do. You don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know what's going going on in their life. And you can never put yourself in their situation. You know, even though though I've seen people with – Alex Smith had a similar injury to mine. But I can't put myself in Alex's head. Right. And I think think it's wrong for any player to come out – and judge another player because they made a decision regarding their decision to either stay or leave the game. I think it is wrong. Yeah, I, I, and uh, I agree. Um, you know, we talked, Moose and I were talking earlier about, like, uh, I brought up the fact of, like, if I only could imagine never done it. If you're an NFL quarterback, especially a starting quarterback, you know, it's your lifestyle. So it's not just at the facility, it's not just practice. Right when you're going home, I mean, it, it, I'm assuming it's very tough on the family, on your wife, because you, you know, you, you're you're locked into you're, you're working on plays, you're in front of a laptop or a computer, you're going over stuff. You, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. You live this. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. How happy? How happy can you be at home, away away from the facility, away from the game? How happy can you be if you hurt every day of your life? And right. this it, this this goes this goes beyond football. You, you, Talk to anybody that wakes up with pain. It wears on you. It, but it wears on you more mentally than it does physically. But then all those people around you, that circle in your life of people around you, um, it's, it's hard to be up and it's hard to play with the kids. It's hard to go do things. It's hard to go to dinner. It's hard to go to a movie. Um, besides, you have your work to cram everything in. But then it's, you know, it just becomes, like I say, where's the end game for you with the rehabilitation? Yeah, and, and when I started hearing the different injuries, somebody asked me about a week or so ago about Andrew and, and the injuries. I said, if, if anything, he shouldn't play for a long time. You know, first thing I thought of calf injury, I'm thinking Kevin Durant, Achilles issue. Yeah, yep. Uh, that's the first thing. Then it becomes a high ankle sprain. Then it's uh, some type of a bone chip or something. And it's like nobody ever really figured out, or the reports never really honed in on one particular thing that he had that he could work on. And let me tell you, high ankle sprains, they're at least that, – that's, that's six, eight weeks before you get really feeling good. And with a quarterback, people tend to look at the arm and, and the arm strength of an individual. But it really starts with the leg. Every game starts with the leg, whether you're a pitcher, whether you're a golfer, whether you're a hockey player, whether you're a basketball player, right. whether you're a football player. It all starts with your feet it's your, your base. It's your base. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. It's pyramid. Pyramids are not built upside down. Of course, guys. right. No, it's your right. Base. That's yeah, true. Exactly. You're right about that. Joe, do you think uh, you mentioned you know, a long while? Do you think it, we've seen the last of Andrew Luck playing football? I think so. I, once, once, the, once the pilot light starts to dim, you'd make a huge mistake if you came back because there's always that doubt in your mind. I, I don't, I don't believe that Andrew is going to be one uh, to come back. I felt that way about Barry Sanders. Barry, Barry, and I went into the College Football Hall of Fame together. 
we sat next to one another at a press conference, and I asked him, I said, why'd you leave the game? He said, it just wasn't there for me anymore. Mm-hmm. He was tired of the Lions not putting together a football team that he felt, you know, was going to have a shot. And everybody kept saying, oh, Barry will come back. Barry will come back. He's so close to the record. When people under – they want him to come back. It, what, it, what it amounts to is the fans, uh, the media, they want him back. Well, you want to see great players play football. And the, it's, you, it's tough sure to, to see great players to re- walk away early. It's tough as but a fan. you have to respect Jim Brown. You have sure. to respect. Sure. You have to respect the, the individual's decision. Yes, he was entertaining for a tremendous amount of time. Yes, he won games. Yes, he had big games. I'm talking about Andrew now. He did all those things. Now it was time, his time to leave. Let's just say thank you and wish him luck going forward and hope he gets really healthy and enjoys his life. You're listening to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is legendary quarterback, the Joe Theismann, number seven himself. Uh, uh, Joe, so so now they move on, the Colts, they, you know, and, and you got Percet. Okay, Jacobs Percet, who's, who's set now to be the one, to be the starter, and, and he's been working with the ones all. He's been the starter throughout camp and everything, and even from the spring when Luck was out injured. So they have a great offensive line. Well, really good offensive line, real good defensive, good pieces all the way around them. How do you think that the, the, this young quarterback at 26 years old, Brissett, will make out with this team? I think I think the transition will be seamless. He played a fair amount last year. It's not like you're taking somebody who hasn't played any football. Right. So I think he's familiar with the system. Frank's familiar with him. He knows the offense. You know, the quarterback position, whether you're a, a Tom Brady and Andrew Luck, uh, you know, a guy like a Kyler Murray coming in, no matter what stage of the game you're entering, it still boils down to managing the football game. And there are other, oh, by the way, there are other guys on the field. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett versus whomever they're playing. Right. It's, it's, he's, one, he's one element. And, and this is the thing that I had to learn, is it can't be about you trying to make plays. It's about you facilitating opportunities for other guys to be able to make plays. That's what the quarterback decision is. You're a facilitator. You get the ball out of your hands, guys make plays. You make a good decision on third down. You're, you're in a field goal range. You don't take a sack on first and ten. Um, all, that's all part of the process. And for Jacob, in, in the Colts' sake and Jacoby's sake, he's worked all through the OTAs, all through the mini camps, all through training camp. He's been there before. I, you know, I think that the Colts were going to be a, a pretty darn good football team going forward. I still think they're going to be a pretty darn good football team. Joe, let's head down uh, you know, to, to Washington, a franchise that you know very, very well. You're a legendary Redskin. Um, Keenum's going to be the starter week one. The decision uh, by Gruden and guys to, to, to name Keenum the, the opening week starter and your thoughts on what you saw from Haskins in the preseason. First of all, I, it was, there was no doubt it was either going to be Cole McCoy or Case Keenum in my mind. Um, Dwayne had 13 games in, in college, um, and the process takes a while. The offense is very, very wordy. Um, it becomes a snapshot for a quarterback. And I think when you're young, you just don't see the pictures as clearly as you're going to need to, to be able to be effective at that position. In Colt's case, he never had a chance to compete. You know, watching him in, in training camp was the first time he took snaps, no OTAs, no mini camps, just, uh, just in training camp, he was still hobbled. So he's not healthy. And, and it'll be, I'm curious to see what the decision will be going forward, whether he remains, uh, whether he goes to IR with the possibility of coming back or what they want to do with him. But Case was the veteran. He's been in different systems. He, two years ago in Minneapolis, we know what happened in Minnesota. Right. He had a very successful season. Uh, Dwayne, 
physically has all the tools. It's just a question of learning the game of professional football. And the speed of the opener in Philadelphia will be different than anything anybody would face. And Case has been there. So it, makes, it just made a lot of sense that Case was going to be the starter with the circumstances that presented uh, the Redskins going forward. Now, going forward, you know, Dwayne comes back. I mean, hopefully Case stays healthy through the year. Dwayne gets a chance to continue to learn and grow. And then next year, you never know. Everybody says, well, Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback after week 10. They have a bye. Or next year. What happens if Case – I'm going the other way. What happens if the Redskins surprise everybody? Nobody expects anything from the Redskins. Concede that, right? Right, right. That's what you've yeah. heard, same thing. Yep. Agreed. You know, 5 and 11, whatever. Crazy number. Let's say they do quite well, which I personally think they can. All of a sudden, Case has a solid year. Do you automatically feel like Dwayne's going to be the quarterback? Case is only in this league seven years. Right. Right. So right. He's, he's really, he's really not in his, been in his league a long time and never been able really to find a, a place to call home. Hmm. So, you know, it, this thing is yet to play itself out. I, I think there's, there's more to this story. So, Joe, I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really, really cool of you, man, because Haskins, uh, he was number seven, as you know, and most know, for, for the, uh, the rookie was number seven for the Redskins, and as – uh, you're the man who, in my opinion, for the Redskins is number seven. So, uh, <laughs> but you gave his, you gave the nod. You gave the nod to the young kid. You gave the blessing for him to wear, uh, for Haskins to wear seven. Talk, talk on that if you don't mind. I'm, and I know he was very thankful also. Well, yeah, Dwayne's, uh, he's, he's a terrific young man. He's smart. Um, he, he has all the tangibles as well as intangibles. Like I said, the only thing he's lacking is experience. Right. Um, when he, when he, I heard that he wanted to wear the number, and it had, no one had worn it in 33 years. So the, the Redskins didn't retire it, so it was still a, a number available. And so um, I heard that he wanted to wear it. I reached out to him. We had a conversation, and I said this to him. I said, Dwayne, why don't you think about this? I know you wore it in high school. I know you wore it in college. And guys get really attached to numbers. We yes, know that. Uh, yep, true. So, so I simply said, why don't you think about creating your own legacy? You know, create, take your own number. Make this number yours and, and build it going forward. And I said, take a couple of days and think about it. He said, I will. So he talked to his family and whomever around, and he came back and said, I really would like to, I really would like to wear seven. I said, great. You know, I said, that's, yeah. that's terrific. I mean, the last thing he needed to worry about or have a conversation about getting ready to play football was a conversation about the number that Joe Theismann wore, right. the right. number seven. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, uh, you know, I'm ordaining him with the number. He asked. He wanted to wear it. It wasn't retired. I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. It's that simple. That's nice. You know, Joe, when you look at the, the young crop uh, of quarterbacks in the National Football League, Darnold and, and Allen, and every, who, which guy do you look at that you're the most impressed with? Well, I, I think Sam, is, Sam has made great strides up with the Jets. The guy that is not just impressed, but I'm so – this is my curious guy for the year. It's Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Didn't play a lot. Wasn't the best thrower of the football. Throws so it was a little bit like Katie Bridgewater, a little sort of uh, half sidearm kind of throw. But he, he's such a threat with his legs. They're a terrific football team. I think you're going to see, this is my prediction, I think there's a great chance you're going to see Baltimore and Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Really? I think, wow. I think, the Ravens, I think the Ravens are for real. I think their defense was one last year in a lot of categories. I don't see that changing a whole lot. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's going through a transition. Cleveland has great expectations. That should be a really great contest between those two. And Cincinnati, I still think, is sort of now starting to move forward in a different direction, in a, in a building direction. But 
We've got the Ravens on Thursday night here against the Redskins, uh, although their starters won't play. I think Lamar Jackson is the one. Let's see what kind of stride he makes. Can he make the same kind of stride that Sam has made uh, in New York with the Jets as far as the comfort level you see him play at at the quarterback position? So, to me, I'm curious to see how he grows and what he's capable of doing because certainly he's an unbelievable threat with his legs. So, so John, a little favor. I'm a Bills fan, so if you can give a little breakdown on our sophomore quarterback there, Josh Allen. Give me a little – tell me what pros and cons. Break them down for me. Terrific, strong arm. Absolutely a strong arm. Big, tough, strong kid. Runs exceptionally well for somebody his size, I think. Right, I agree. Um, I think those are – the thing is, again, young young in the game. Has a great supporting cast. Another terrific defensive football team, the Buffalo Bills. Right. And you have – you know, they'll they'll call plays – um, to the strength of their football team. They're going to ask Josh to make plays. I think sometimes he throws his hard ball a little too hard. Mm. And I think the one thing he really needs to concentrate and work on is accuracy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he needs, he needs to up the completion percentage 5 8%. And, and he's capable of doing that. Um, had a chance to be out at the American Century Golf Tournament, watch him hit golf balls. Holy mackerel. Uh, <laughs> strong, right? Tell you. I'm sure strong. The, the, I'll tell you a real quick story. So, uh, Chris Sims is there, yeah, and yeah. and so we're talking, and, and he's watching Josh hit balls, and you know, Chris sort of made a comment to the effect of, I don't, this is the exact quote, but what, you know, uh, sure wish he could hit his receivers like that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of a little little tongue in cheek, like shot. Chris can yeah. only be, yeah, a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Josh turns around and looks at him. There's a fence 310 yards out on the practice range. He knocks the ball over the fence. That's nice. Wow. He's, well, he's hitting his drive, hits it over the fence. So uh, there's, I love the competitive spirit in him. Yeah. That's the thing. That's he's, awesome. a, he's a terrific competitor. Now it's the mechanics of the game that he has to work on. And, and that's why I talk about a facilitator at the quarterback position. You have to be able to allow the guys around you to make plays. If it's third and ten and your halfback is open at six yards and that's the only throw, make it. Let him go pick up the other four or, or punt. Let the punter punt. Let the punt team cover and let the defense go get you the ball back. That's the mindset that these young guys have to develop. It, it, it can't be like, I have to make the play. I have to make the throw. Take what they give you and then let the other guys on the football team do their job. You know, Joe, i uh, got to ask you about the, the whole saga surrounding the Skins left tackle, Trent Williams. How do you think this does play out? I, I, I think Trent's going to probably wind up sitting out um, a portion of the year. I don't see the Redskins trading him. I, I don't see that as a possibility. He has two years left on a contract, so if he sits out, it really isn't going to help him. We've got two guys, Donald Penn, who, who came in after 14 years, Donald playing left tackle. Uh, Jaron Christian is the kid we drafted, is playing left tackle. And so – you know, it's it's a position where you can help from an offensive line standpoint. You can put a tight end there. You can chip with backs. Trent's a, a terrific football player, seven-time Pro Bowl. Here's the thing: is in the last five years, he's averaged 12 games a season. So he's only played three quarters of the season in the last five years. Three years ago, he was the highest-paid offensive lineman in football. This year, coming into this year, he'd be the sixth-highest-paid offensive lineman in football. Evidently, they say his mo- the issue is in money. Money is always an issue. Don't kid yourself. I, I think for <laughs> everybody. Um, and in this case, I just don't see him trade them. I see him probably sitting out, and he's going to lose about 800000 every week he sits out. 
Is the relation, uh, Joe? Is the, can they? Can I mean, have the Skins done everything they can to try and resolve this this issue he's got with the medical staff? I don't. I don't. I have not been privy to any conversation, so I really couldn't speak on that. Okay. But here's the thing: I think about is his. He has an issue with the medical staff, right? That that's been made public, so we we hear that. What happens if he gets hurt? The medical staff has to come out and take care of him. Oh, by the way. The Washington Redskins medical staff received medical staff of the year in the National Football League last year. I don't know what the issue was with Trent. I don't know, you know why he has the feelings he has towards them. Um, it looks like he's dug his heels in. He, has a, you know, he doesn't really have a leg to stand on in this situation. You're going to lose a lot of money. The Redskins aren't going to trade you. You have two years left on a contract. Ryan Kerrigan has two years left on a contract. You know, he said, I'm not going to play for Bruce Allen. I'm not going to play for the Washington Redskins. Okay. You know, you, you're, you're st- next year, at the, at the end of this year, if you sit out, you still have two years left on a contract. And you're 31 years old. Now you're 32 years old. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot because he's – Now you continues to go down. You know, to me, you know, hey, if you're, if you're upset with everybody, come in, pull a hamstring. <laughs> you know those things linger for a lot of games you know, and, but no, you know there's there's ways and i just i i tried i'm trying real hard i continue to try and real hard and understand other than the fact that he's got he's, you know the only thing i've concluded have been able to conclude is that he is just really upset with some element of the organization and that it's really not football related no, it isn't. Uh, hey, Joe, we appreciate the time and the <clears throat> comments this morning. Um, we really do. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, and thanks again for the time. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, guys. Great catching up with you. Yes, Thank sir. You as well. Same here, bud. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.